Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes a circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Surrounding me with love 
For to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence
uh, has been on the show who did some music and some other things with it. So definitely worth checking out those archive shows. I guess that's what I'm getting to <laughs> in that. In my own work, what I do is I focus on helping people find and use compassion in their everyday lives. I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement, and if you've missed it, you can catch that in the different archive shows, not only in my area, but um, where Kevin Baird did an interview of me. We've had that, I believe, on the Main Street Universe show. And if you go on my website, I also have some other shows where we worked with that statement. And then I also have two other books based on relationships, which are You, Me, My Stream, and its companion workbook. And then the first two books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. In addition, I've created the Compassion Tour, which is a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book signing events, and fundraising events. And you can follow those events on my website as well, uh, Jesse and Nichols George, the number one.com. You're going to find all that information there. Just have a little teeny tiny bit left uh, for 2014. I'm finishing out an event tomorrow here in the San Antonio area. And I have one more event listed for Southern Utah in Zion National Park area. And that uh, will be happening at the winter solstice. So that's uh, the, the weekend there, the winter solstice, the, the kind of 20th, 21st range right in there. So you can check that out from my website under events or under Compassion Tour. And also, if you know of any great little location stores, uh, I like to work with the indie stores when I'm on tour. And so if you know of any great little indie bookshops, uh, book metaphysical stores, things like that, I am now accepting uh, locations to work with for the 2015 tour. I know I'm not even barely finished with the 2014, but I'm already <laughs> accepting invitations for 2015. I've got about 27 to 36 spaces available for uh, indie stores to work with them, and uh, I've got five of those spaces already filled. So uh, it's worth it if you've got a favorite shop around you, let me know. And I'll contact them and see what we can do to get something going in your area. Now, just a reminder, if you enjoy this show, make certain you share it with your friends, you know, family, people like that, because this show is a really interesting one with what we're going to be dealing with tonight. Various aspects of taking things for granted, gratitude, and we're going to be looking at the completion that we have coming up with the Pluto year in the square. Um, aspects. So there's going to be some really interesting information as well as some really great exercises shared in the show. And you never know who you're going to help just by simply clicking share or just by simply letting somebody else know about the show. And they can get to the show using the same link that you used to get into the live show here. Um, and that's available as soon as we finish the show tonight. They can also go to my page on the Main Street Universe tab on my website. Again, George, the number one.com, and all the archive shows are there. In addition to that, they can uh, get them as podcasts through iTunes, TuneIn.com. And then usually about a week or two after the show, I've got it available on my YouTube channel as well. So you know, whatever your preference is for, <laughs> for watching or, or listening to a show, I've got it up there pretty much. Now, before we get started, every um, week what I like to do is to deal with A Name of God from The 72 Names of God, which is a book by Yehuda Bird. And Yehuda's a Kabbalah master, and I love Yehuda's work because what he's doing is he's taking these big, giant concepts, these different aspects of divine spirit, 
and bringing them into our everyday life, which is the way I work. And I feel like when we do that, then we actually get the lessons. We actually get the benefits of what's being taught there. And so let's take a look at tonight's message. And this message also is posted on my page, the Main Street Universe tab on my website. And the message that he has for us this week is Diamond in the Rough. And boy, this is perfect for our topic tonight. (laughs) It really is. Uh, You know, how many times do we, again, take things for granted and don't remember all the work that goes into the polishing and becoming that shiny, pretty (laughs) aspect of the world? And what he has to share here to start with is diamonds are the crystalline form of carbon. Pressure over millions of years transforms chunk of coal into a precious jewel. In the same way, all of life's problems can be transformed into sparkling opportunities. With this name, it doesn't have to take millions of years. And this is really important because I think particularly over the last few years with some of the influences we've been dealing with in recent years, we really feel like this. We feel like we've been under a lot of pressure. We feel like there's been a lot uh, going on, but we also realize we're doing a lot of transformation. So when you're hitting some of those hard days, think about this and realize, you know what, I'm kind of that chunk of coal right now and I'm being transformed into the diamond. And it might be uncomfortable at times, it might be stressful at times, but you know what, the end result is incredibly beautiful. Now the, the insight that he provides on this is the moment we shift our consciousness and recognize the spiritual value concealed within our hardship, a sparkling new diamond is formed. What's more, the bigger our obstacles, the more sparkling the diamond we create. Kabbalah teaches that this name is the secret spiritual tool used by Moses to bring manna from heaven when the Israelites were starving in the desert. Manna could have taste, have any taste a person to push for. And with the sacred name of God, we gain the power to change darkness into light and burdens into blessings. We have the ability to transform all our circumstances into sources of joy and fulfillment. A word of caution. Our own consciousness directly influences our reality. Namely, if our headspace is negative, if we are self-absorbed or feeling victimized by a problem, A chunk of coal remains a chunk of coal. What's more, the diamonds we already possess will inevitably slip through our fingers, lock, until we raise our consciousness. And this is a big thing with things, you know, because here again, if we we operate in the so-called sins or the distortions of life, you know, that's the self-absorbed area. That's where we feel victimized. So, you know, if we're operating from jealousy and anger and hate and uh, impatience and all of these different aspects, you know, it it uh, locks us into remaining into that cold position um, and remaining that as a chunk of coal uh, when there. But when we when we take it on and we go, you know what? There's a blessing in that. When we look at it, and we say, I'm going to be patient with this, and I'm going to see it through, and I'm going to see what happens. And these sorts of aspects where we shift up that attitude and say, you know what, I'm really grateful for this because maybe it didn't work out the way I wanted, but hey, 
I got this really great benefit out of it or I learned this really great lesson. That's the type of and pattern and consciousness that transforms us to that diamond state. Now, the meditation he gives with this is, here you accomplish nothing less than the complete transformation of negative situations into positive opportunities and blessings. Mana rains down upon you. Life begins to taste like anything your soul desires or imagines. And that's a powerful thing when we think about it. I mean, this isn't just about transformation. This is about co-creating with the divine. This means that you have choice in the matter, and you get to choose really how your life is going to come about. Are you going to take advantage of those opportunities? And we're going to get into some of those things tonight and some of those different types of thought patterns tonight as we go through the show. But before we get started on that, and before we go on break, I want to give us a little something to think about before we delve into our topic tonight. How often do you really pay attention to the small things in your life? Like laying down in bed or the shower you get or easy access to food and other things in your home space. How often do you really allow yourself to experience these things? And when do you last express gratitude for these things? Every day, so many people go through life and never give a second thought to their indoor plumbing, refrigerator full of food, and the ability to accommodate their day-to-day needs. It is just a given that these things will be in your life. However, there are many still in this world that do not have such so-called luxuries as an actual bed or indoor plumbing to use in the middle of the night. There is a huge sliding scale on this. If you are like most people, you accept these things as your right to have. As someone that is now on the road full-time, I now think a whole lot more about these seemingly small things that most people take for granted. Since I do not stay in hotels every night and don't have a bed to lie in every night, a whole new level of appreciation is being established for these luxuries. Life sometimes requires spending an hour to track down a location that has something I can walk to in the, in the night. And still, you know, I have no complaints about it, as I have a lot more than others do in this world. What I have noticed during this time, however, is how much more conscious I am when I lay down and awake each and every day. I realize what a luxurious life I have left when I thought I had so little and was struggling. I also realize how much more I have now than I did then. It really comes down to a concept that so many of us take for granted so much in our life. And we get wrapped up in luxuries, forgetting to give thanks for the smalls that surround us. Sure, you know, people are conscious about saying thanks if they have a big windfall or sometimes not if they're too wrapped up in the excitement of the feast. However, how many of us are really, truly, from our heart, thankful for the smaller things in life? After all, they are what creates the bigger things. When a person has to do without some of these things and then receives them again, there's an amazing opening of senses that happens. In some ways, it would remind me when I would go off to summer camp or camp outside as a kid. That first shower and having clean clothes to wear and feeling burly again was really blissful. I have to say that I love the sensation. 
and now open this consciousness into all aspects of my life, whether driving down the road, eating, anything else. Some might say, this is the art of being truly present, or living a conscious life, or the art of gratitude. I can't say that I'm perfect with it, but I'm getting better each and every day. And as I take the time to sit in gratitude for the little things, the bigger things simply show up and give me more to be grateful for. It seems to me that it is important to express gratitude at the most fundamental level, the less obvious things in life. What parts of your day are you most conscious of? Are you really experiencing eating, drinking, sleeping, etc.? Or are you just doing it? How much are you taking for granted in your life? This week, we're focusing on a component of compassion that's related to the aspects in my book, so give me, give me, give me. This reminds us that when we give from the true and compassionate space, we will always receive more than we have given. I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, I'm going to be looking at how we take things for granted, the art of using gratitude in life, and also glimpse into what we will have happening as we complete the Pluto Uranus squares. In other words, blessings yet to come. The song I have for you during our break is called Footsteps. It's by Claire Hedin. And if you'd like to check out more of Claire's work, you can certainly do so. Connect with her or her music by going to her website at www.clairehedin.com. And that's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And we're going to be back in just a few minutes.
And welcome back. You are listening to Activating Compassion Radio. My name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I am your hostess. You were just listening to a song by Claire Hedin. It was called Footsteps. And you can definitely check out more of Claire's work at www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And, you know, tonight we're really delving into a little bit of a different aspect here. We're going to be looking at the different ways that we take things for granted and how to shift out of this kind of lower energy vibration of taking things for granted and moving into gratitude, especially during the season where we're probably being tested (laughs) pretty much daily by people and situations in our life here during the holidays. And we're going to be looking also at, you know, how to get ready for some of the upcoming holidays and and the influences that are headed our way just shortly after the beginning of the year here uh, in that. So we do have some things to be grateful for. And I think that this is going to be a, um, you know, a valuable thing for us because the holidays, you know, first of all, we do tend to have the stressful time and we have this programming that is going on everywhere. You know, we have from advertising to radio and TV commercials. And every time you go to the stores, there's signs everywhere, and there's all kinds of things that are coming in at us. Uh, We also have things like company parties to go to. We have things like getting together with friends and social events and family events. And all of these things are things that we tend to take for granted. Some of us get very irritated <laughs> by these things, you know, that I know of a lot of people that have said, that's it, I'm just done with family, can't do it this year. And there's a variety of different pieces to that. But, you know, we take for granted so much, for example, in this season. And, you know, I hear about some of these things that happen, you know, on Black Friday, and I look around as I sit here in the San Antonio area, uh, this week, and, you know, just a massive amount of people flooding to the stores out of greed. Got to have this item. Got to have this particular thing. And some of it is, yes, they want to get a nice gift for somebody, and they're trying to get a good deal, but it shows how much we're programmed towards that materialism and how much we actually take for granted the fact that we have the time, the ability, the resources to go and stand in line and wait to get a particular thing or to even have the resources to buy something for somebody. You know, it's it's a really interesting time. And I know I've had times in my life where there wasn't any money there. There wasn't any money to buy a gift for somebody even if I wanted to. Uh, I've seen those times, and it, and it weighs on us, and, and we start to feel guilty about it. Why well, can't do anything for anybody? And, you know, ironically, we forget that we have, usually within ourselves, the greatest gifts to give outside of the material world. Sure, the material stuff is fine, it's nice, but it's healthy and cozy, and we forget how many of us actually are far wealthier than we think, particularly if you're living in the U.S. And I know that that is something that you might not normally think about, 
But I read some stats, and I know I'm not going to be 100% accurate on these stats, but I read recently that if you own a vehicle, if you simply own a vehicle, you are in the top 10% of people in the world. The top 10%. Can you imagine that? If you have your own home or place to live in, and you're not having to share with multiple families, for example, you are in the top 5% of the wealthiest people in the world. Doesn't sound like a whole lot, does it? To have a place to live and a vehicle to drive puts you in the top 5%. That's pretty amazing. If you have a job, a home, and a vehicle, believe it or not, you are in the top 2 to 3% of the wealthiest people in the world. How many of us sit around and take that job for granted and complain about it? How many of us say, oh, this place I live in is a dive? We do a lot especially in the U.S., because we don't think twice about having that place to go home to, let alone going out to the store and buying Christmas presents. It's a different train of thought to think about, and it's a different consideration. And I bring this up this time of year because so many times we think we have nothing and we have tons. And I know I've brought this up in a couple of interviews recently that I've done with people, but, you know, I have been on the road now for about two and a half months touring the United States, and I know that sounds very glamorous to some people, but I'm touring in a vehicle. I'm not staying in hotels every night. (laughs) I don't have a vehicle that is a camper with a bed in it or that type of thing. There's a very small amount of space in there. And I moved into that from a 2,300-square-foot home. So a very big shift. And I did it by choice. I mean, I had some different options. I didn't have to take that option, but I felt like for my work and for what was happening, that was the option. I was very grateful to have the opportunity to do this. And I can look forward to continuing to do this. Now, you know, as I think about this, and I look at this, and, and when I look at my vehicle and I go, wow, it's amazing to me how only, say, a year ago, I was sitting around with a sense of deprivation in my life. And here I am now, and I'm surrounded by things, <laughs> and I feel totally abundant. It's really in a perspective. I mean, you think about it if you... Uh, you might have a smaller space, but you have a lot of stuff surrounding you, you know, and it doesn't even have to be all kinds of fancy possessions. You just can sometimes feel wealthier. You feel like you're surrounded with a lot of stuff, and it starts to shift your attitude. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go lock yourself in your closet where there's tons of stuff <laughs> and, and do things that way, but it reminds us how much, you know, we, we do take for granted. If we think about how many people... They literally don't have a bed to lie on. They're lying on the dirt. They might not even have a hut or a roof covering them. Places. 
And I, and I encourage you to think about that because I would bet that a lot of my listeners, they lay down at night in their bed, they're comfy, they're warm, and they don't think anything about it. They don't stop to think about that experience, what that feels like, and to really take it in. And, and those that know me know that I'm really, really big on experiences. I'm really big on indulging it. And so I want to kind of challenge you a little bit over this holiday season from now, particularly through, say, New Year's. Okay, that's, that's what, a five, five to six-week period of time, not a very long period of time to, to be challenged for this. But to every night when you lay down, every time you sit down to eat something, I want you to focus on getting a full experience from it. It may seem like a really small thing, you know, whether it's getting yourself ready in the morning. What does it feel like when that fabric is on your body? What does it feel like when you lay down? How does the food feel like? What is the texture? What is the smell? What is the taste? And when we take the time to really stop and take that in, it's like breathing. Okay, we talk about breathing a lot of times of how much that can just relax us, how much that can just put our bodies at ease, calm us down, get us to the focus. Well, the same thing is true when we step into consciousness. I would say routine. I challenge you to really feel it as a full experience. You know, it's funny. I used to be teased by people because people would go, gosh, it seems like you're making love to your food. <laughs> it, is, it is like a show to watch you eat. <laughs> and the reason for that was because I didn't just sit down and smell food in my face. I wanted to take in the whole experience. I took in the sound of the place that I was in, the smell of the place I was in. I would stop and I would really look at that plate of food before I ate it. And I would really stop and go, wow, isn't this amazing? Okay, even if you're not a person to say grace, to just look at this food and go, wow, this is really amazing to have this in front of me. And just pick in what that smells like. And then as I would eat it, I would really savor every bite of it and indulge myself, make it feel like an indulgement. And it wouldn't matter what I was eating. I mean, it, it could be anything, you know, it could have been a salad or <laughs> it could have been some kind of main course meal or it could have been fruit. It didn't make any difference. Uh, what I did is allowed myself to indulge in the moment. And when we do this, we're also going to raise our vibrational level. Because what happens is we're getting present, we're getting conscious, and we're paying attention. We're no longer taking things for granted. One of the pieces that people don't realize, when we take something for granted in our life, one of the things that we're doing is we're operating from the space of greed. When we take things for granted, we're not appreciating when we're not appreciating them, we're just assuming they're going to be there. We're going to, it's like excess to us. It's, it's like a given. Of course that's going to be there. And nobody's going to take that away from you. And what happens when we take things for granted? Well, we not only drop to a vibration of greed, which then starts to put us into deprivation, that starts to put us into these patterns that a lot of people are experiencing. 
frustration, right? Lack of resources, feeling irritated or on edge or stressed out. Um, when we are taking things for granted, we might become irritated with our family. For example, if we're taking them for granted, we might become bored with a partner of ours. Um, and and the big key of this, there's two pieces. There's two really big keys I have to working with this. And one of the first keys that I have is to imagine what would it be like if that irritation, that frustration, that thing that you take for granted, okay, didn't exist. If it didn't exist at all in your life. Matter of fact, if it didn't exist at all on the face of the earth. I know I did a video a while back, one of my monthly videos, and you know, one of the examples I used, what if you what if those children screaming <laughs> that irritate you, what if you never heard those screams? What if you never heard a baby crying anymore? That means there would be no more babies on the earth. That means there would be no more children. That means that the human race would cease to exist. It's a much bigger picture of things. When we get frustrated and we say, you know what, this is all I have to eat in my house, and we're not appreciating what we have. You know, we not only start getting less and less that we have an opportunity to eat, but we, again, are in a space with the lowered vibration. And again, it's pushing away things from us. And it sets us into a pattern that, that then filters into other areas. Whereas if we look at that plate of food and go, wow, you know what, this might just be a salad in front of me, but the amount of seeds that had to go in the ground, the duration it took for this to grow, the amount of time uh, that it took somebody to be out in the fields and to uh, plant things and to pick things and to put them on the truck and get them to the store and all the things that it had to go through to get to my place, that's a huge process. It really actually goes all the way back to the universe. And that is, you know, that is a really huge thing. Now, that's one piece. So stopping and thinking about what would this planet be like if that particular thing didn't exist on the planet? Now, the other thing that I like to do a lot is to counteract my irritation or my frustration or what I'm taking for granted with a positive. And this sometimes can work really well with family, especially if you have those negative people around you. (laughs) And I'm sure a lot of people are going, me, 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 I have lots of negative people around me, my whole family or my whole friends or, you know, this whole set of people that I'm connecting with right now. Well, you know, first of all, we have to stop and think about the fact, you know, are those people that we need to be keeping in our sphere? Because every time we keep those negative people close to us in our sphere, then it's literally creating an energy drain on us. It's literally sucking the energy out of us. And so if we stop and we we refocus and find a positive, Find the positive to that thing that's irritating you. So, for example, I could say, you know what? Bullying, controlling, abusive people really irritate me. And then I could come around and say, but 
he or she's a really good leader or a really good organizer. And what happens is when I focus on that positive aspect of it, that positive trait, it moves them out of their negative distortion. It moves them out of that negative framework, and it moves them into starting to utilize those skills as an asset. You know, so many times that we we outcast these people in society, and we say, oh, we're just not going to deal with them. And there's varying layers and, and things of that as well. But, um, you know, uh, where they have to get past their own lessons, right? Some people choose to just be in that victim space. They don't want to change right now. And, um, and yet at the same time, you know, when we, when we kind of let that go a little bit and say, okay, maybe I still have to spend time around family for one reason or another. You know, maybe that's an important thing. Maybe there's an elderly parent involved in your family and, or relative in your family and, you know, you only get to see them once a year and you know they might not have a lot of time left, so you're, you're going to go and spend time with that person. Um, but you have to deal with all these other frustrations in the meantime of doing that. And so you stop and you, and you say, you know what, but it's really a blessing that I've gotten to learn so much from this person. Or what is the lesson that I'm learning here? You know, we have this rule that goes along with taking things for granted and appreciation. And that is also that rule of reflection, that law of reflection, right? Everybody has a reflection of us. And especially the things that are irritating us oftentimes are a reflection of something that we are not honoring in ourselves somehow, some way, okay? Uh, So, for example, if I have somebody in my life and they're really dominating and they're really, really controlling and they're really bossy and it's like, gosh, I just don't even want to be around this energy. But if I stop and I say, you know what? So they're this way. It's irritating me. The fact that it's irritating me tells me it's my problem because <laughs> it doesn't seem to be irritating them, so it must not be their problem. Uh, that's one way we know whose problem it is. You know, ask and say, who is it irritating? Is it irritating me or is it irritating them? Because if it's irritating me, it's my problem. If it's irritating them, then it's their problem, okay? But if I look at it and I say, okay, well, I keep drawing these really dominating, controlling people into my life who you know, get upset with me for one reason or another. And when I step back and I look at that and I say, okay, what are these attributes here? Well, it also tells me that perhaps I'm not being dominant enough in my own life. I'm not taking control enough in my own life. And I need to start doing that. And the more I take control of my own life, the less these people will be that way in my life. So that doesn't mean that we have to be rude or pick fights with them or be argumentative or any of that. It just means that when you start making your own decisions, when you start saying, you know what, I've got these things to do, I'm going to do them, and if other people fit into that, great. If they don't, oh, well, that's the way it goes, okay? And maybe I can make an accommodation here or there, but I can't be the one always making the accommodation. So here's what I have to offer. They can take that. They can leave it. You've made a decision. When you become decisive like that, you'll stop drawing in people 
who think that they have to make all the decisions for you. You'll stop drawing in people to your life that are controlling. And what's really interesting with this is the people who are normally controlling around you will stop being so controlling because they won't feel that need to make the decisions for you, <laughs> which is a, a fun and interesting way to kind of play with it. So that's the other, you know, that's another big piece is we want to find the attributes. We want to find the lessons. So we've got the aspect of imagining what it would be like if that particular thing never existed on the earth because we have to think of it and say, yes, something might feel controlling and things like that. But we also do need some leaders in the world. We also need some people to step up and take a little bit of charge in the world and to help other people along um, with things. We need people to guide. We need people to help. And that comes from the same energy. Uh, We want to stop and and value the lesson. We want to stop and find the attribute in what that irritation is. Uh, So we have those multiple pieces there. And then we want to know the reflection. What is our reflection in the situation? Uh, and, and it's always there. We just have to figure it out. <laughs> we just have to look at it and say, okay, what what are they doing to me that I'm not giving to myself? Okay. Let me repeat that. What are they doing to me that I'm not giving myself? If they're controlling me, then I'm not giving myself enough control. And not being so-called selfish enough, taking enough time for me and setting my own standards. So let's do a little visualization right now with this. We'll kind of drop a little exercise in here. And we're going to do a couple of short little exercises along the way tonight just, you know, to give us some of that breathing room for the holidays. Just kind of get us ready because, boy, Black Friday is here today and, we're going to be in full swing, right, all the way through the year. So go ahead and take some time right now, and I want you to just close your eyes, okay? This is your time. Make yourself comfortable. I don't care whether you lay down or whether you're sitting. If you're sitting, make sure your legs and your arms are uncrossed. And I want you to just breathe from the diaphragm area, okay? That's right there in that solar plexus. Area, that's where, you know, if somebody was to punch you in the stomach, you'd feel like the wind got taken out of you. <laughs> that's where you're going to breathe from. And when you breathe and you inhale, that stomach is going to expand in that region. And then when you exhale, then it's going to go back in and flatten out again. Okay? And you, I like to breathe in through my nose, sometimes especially if I'm doing relief work, I'm letting go of something, especially if I'm letting go of frustrations or challenges, what I like to do is I like to inhale through my nose, and I like to exhale really strongly through my mouth. Okay? But you work with whatever breathing works for you. The key is that you start to get yourself relaxed and that you get the really deep breaths. Now, if you use the exhales the way I'm talking about it, I want you to exhale with a lot, a lot of force, Okay? And I want you to exhale right through that solar plexus chakra. So when you take it in, you breathe deep. And then with as much force as you can, let it out through the solar plexus. Okay? So that's our key there. Now, go ahead and close your eyes. And I want you to take a moment to just tune in. Tune in to what irritates you. Is it the people that cut you off in the parking lot? 
Is it the crowd? Is it the family that you got to deal with? Is it uh, the pressure of having my presence? I don't care what it is. Whatever it is for you, that could be something totally unrelated to the holiday. And just take a moment to breathe into that irritation, okay? And just be with that. Just tune into it. And it's okay to let the feelings come up. You know, sometimes we try to push the feelings down, but let the feelings come up. If you have some anger going on, if you have the frustration, if you have pain going on, related to this, I want you to allow yourself to feel it. Okay, and that may seem very intense, but we need to honor the feelings that are coming up. We need to allow ourselves to feel them because we will release them. And now, as you're tuning into these feelings, I want you to really just stop and think about for a moment what would it be like if this irritation didn't exist? Whatever that is for you. If it's a dog barking, what would it be like to have no dogs on the planet? If a child screaming, what would it be like to not have children on the planet? And so on. What would the world feel like without that in it? And I want you to be with whatever emotion is coming up for you related to knowing what that would feel like without it in it at all. And now I want you as you're holding through and working through this irritation I want you to see and find the asset in that irritation. So for example, if it's a dog barking and that dog barking is irritating, what about finding the appreciation of how wonderful it is to be loved so unconditionally by that animal? Or if it's that child screaming, how grateful are you that it's healthy enough to have strong lungs to get that sound out or to have that child around and so on. And just let yourself feel that gratitude, that appreciation. Yeah. A healthy dog who loves me unconditionally. Yes, it's a healthy child. And that is something to be grateful for. And actually getting the experience, the sense of family, even if it's not perfect in my eyes. I have family. I know who my family is. And that is something to be grateful for. 
And now with that irritation, I want you to ask that irritation to show you that asset. Now, you know, you might be coming across irritating right now, but what I really want to see is to see you use that leadership quality not to irritate people, but to do something magnificent with. And now finally, with that irritation, I want you to use it as a mirror. What about that irritation, that frustration? What is it in that that you're not giving yourself? That doesn't show up in your life if you're giving it to yourself. Do you need to sound stronger? Do you need to make up your mind more? Do you need to be more confident? Do you need to be more decisive? Whatever it is. Do you need to speak your voice more? And sit without appreciation for a moment. And sit with that realization and let yourself know, you know what, I make a commitment to give these things to myself. I don't have to wait for somebody else to come in and bring it to me in a harsh way. I'm willing to give it to myself in a loving way. And as you tune into that, now we want to take our breath. And I want you to take at least three deep breaths. You want to do that. And again, when you inhale, inhale as deeply as you possibly can, and with each one will get deeper. And when you exhale, I want you to exhale with the greatest force you can. Put everything into it. And inhale. And exhale right through that solar plexus. Good. And again, inhale. And exhale really hard through the solar plexus. And again, inhale really deeply. And that's how really, really super strong. Great. And let yourself go ahead and open your eyes. And just see how you're feeling now. I know for me, when I do this, a lot of times it brings me back to my own space of empowerment. 
brings me back to center, to balance. And you know what? You can do this breath work. Maybe even just taking a moment to do this breath work, five minutes, two minutes, whatever, to do it. And you can do this in your car when you're getting ready to leave, while you're in the shopping area, while you're sitting at a stoplight, before and after being with family or friends or social events. I like doing this type of relief, particularly if I've been in social settings. And to just do it as soon as possible afterwards because it really pushes out any of the so-called garbage that I've taken in. And it also really renews my energy level tremendously um, as, as I do this. So it restores my balance so I'm not carrying that to bed at night, so that I'm not carrying that on for hours after I leave the situation. Um, and I think that that's really a powerful thing to help you hold your space when you're dealing with so many people out there during during this time. And, and again, not just this time, but all throughout the year, whether it's your work situation or when you're creating projects. You know, even creating projects can be stressful and have tensions and frustrations with them. And, and to do these simple things, it releases it so that you can get back on track, regain your focus, and get moving again. Now, you know, again, we talked about you know, when you're feeling taken for granted, say, by other people, and again, we talked about know whether the issue is yours or not. Just sometimes being conscious of the fact that, hey, this isn't your issue. You're not the one that's irritated. The other person is irritated. It's their thing to work through. They're the irritated one. And, yes, they might be unpleasant to be around, and that might become your irritation. But a lot of times if we just recognize the fact, wow, this person's in some sort of pain. This person is really feeling deprived. They're really in a struggling space. And maybe they're there frequently. I don't know. Some people are there frequently, right? They choose to live in that victim space. But you just can gently send them some healing energy. You don't have to do anything. But, you know, I'll just send you some light. And just, I just call in and ask that the angels, the divine, will be with you. And it's as simple as that. It's as simple as saying, you know, come in and just help this person through their challenges, whatever it is. Because we're all going to benefit if they get through their challenges, right? You know, we all we all will benefit from that. So that big that big key right there is is really it is a big key. This issue is it. This issue is it. And that's one of the first steps to, to identifying there. Now you know, another thing that we can do in this situation is there's an exercise that I sometimes will do with fingers, my fingers and my thumb, okay? And each finger or thumb, things like that, is got different representations in our life. And you might have heard about some of these things. They're kind of some basics if you've dealt with energy before, you've worked with things before. And uh, this is also something very simple you could do where people won't even really necessarily notice uh, what you're doing. You can do it out in public anywhere. You can do it, you know, just in some quiet time with meditation, whatever works for you. Uh, basically, what this is going to do is allow you to reconnect with your own energy, seal up any leaks that are going on in your energy, right, because we get leaks when we're around a lot of draining people or draining situations. And what this will do is to 
reestablish an energy circuit within yourself that also keeps you very connected with divine energy. And, and you know, this doesn't even take but a couple of seconds to do. Now, first we want to look at what each of the fingers are, uh, represent in this situation. And, um, and you can also kind of coordinate these to your toes, too. If you're just sitting down barefoot, and you can hold the different toes, too. That will also reestablish a, a circuit. Uh, so our thumb, our thumb is like action and motion. That's our work. That's our doing. That's our physical movement aspects within us. Now, the finger next to it, the forefinger, will deal with our confidence, our health, our body, um, our personal image, um, thoughts about ourselves, uh, all come through the forefinger in there. And that would, if we were going to connect these with toes, for example, toe would be equivalent to your thumb. The toe next to that would be equivalent to your forefinger. Um, Your middle finger or your middle toe deals with communication, okay? Um, And when we think about this, we're also working the organs and strengthening the organs at the same time. Uh, For example, if we're strengthening communication uh, on an energy level, we're also strengthening the lungs at the same time. So we have have physical attributes that go along with this, for creating breath and, and circulation going on. So um, the middle toe or the middle finger deals with our communication, particularly um, what we're receiving from other people and how we're able to express ourselves as well in that. Now, our ring finger is probably pretty obvious for most people, and the toe next to our our baby toe is uh, probably more obvious. That is uh, related to the to the love area, our heart, um, relationships, and emotions. So if you feel yourself getting to be really, really emotional, that's the finger you're going to want to work with. It's not just relationships or just love or marriage or things like that. And also, you know, the heart is a big thing to be connecting with during the holiday season, again, keeping us centered in love and compassion, as well as a lot of those start eating foods that maybe aren't as healthy for us, right, <laughs> during the holiday season. And anybody guilty of that? I know I am. But, uh, you know, when we start to do that and we get those extra sweets in our system or something like that, it's really good to connect with this finger because then it's also strengthening our heart, which sometimes, you know, if we're getting too much cholesterol or things like that running through our diet, um, it can help. It's not a cure for it, but it, it can help temporarily at least. And then your pinky, your pinky is your personal power. That's what I call like your your magic. You know, that's your mojo, so to say. And that, that equates to your baby toes, okay? The pinkies are your magical side. Now, we have two different aspects here. Our left side is our receiving side, and our right side is our sending side, okay? So we have receiving the passive side, and then we have the giving and the active side, the doing side. So when we look at how does those play into it, how does that dynamic play into it? So, for example, if we're dealing with communication issues coming from other people, that would be what we're receiving. So what we want to do is we want to put our thumb to our middle finger. 
Okay. You might have seen these in some uh, what they call mudras, which are also hand placements for meditational tools, things like that. Um, uh, have similar positioning to this. So if you put your thumb to your forefinger, you now close that circuit of the communications that you're receiving from others, which then is going to stimulate a more positive energy flow. And this is kind of fun to play with. I mean, just see what happens. Like if you're out in a crowded space and you can hear some people arguing, they can put your thumb into your middle finger, let them connect and touch and see if all of a sudden that communication doesn't change. Same if you're in a social situation or a family environment and you're seeing the arguments come up, just place your fingers there. Now, if you're needing to speak up and express your voice more and you're feeling lost in the shuffle, so to say, then you're going to do this on your right hand instead of your left hand. Okay? So you see we always have a side for each thing. Okay? If you are feeling like your personal power is being sucked out of you, for example, you want to connect your thumb to your pinky finger. Okay? And that's because you're receiving from other people. You're feeling uncomfortable with what you're receiving from other people. You feel there's a drain going on from other people. Now, likewise, I think they always go hand in hand. I think they're I think they're an equal thing. So I think it's always good to do it on both hands because if we're feeling drained out by somebody, that also says that hey, we're not necessarily standing in our power the way we need to as well. So you want to do it on the right side as well. That's that's my thought. You know, I might start with the left and then move to the right, but a lot of times I'd like to do them hand in hand because if I'm feeling that drain, if I'm feeling that attack, then you know, it's the other way. Now, likewise, if emotions get out of hand, if people start getting really emotional with you or you start feeling really emotional, you want to get that thumb on your ring finger. Okay? Touch the pads of your fingers together. And then, of course, if you're feeling a lack of confidence, if you're feeling insecure about your body, uh, and this can happen because sometimes, you know, you go to the holiday parties or you go out and you see these beautiful clothes or you see somebody dressed up and looking really nice and that might make you feel a little less secure about yourself for one reason or another or maybe you've been eating too many sweets and you put on that extra few pounds and you're not feeling as confident about the image that you're putting out. Just go ahead and connect it there. And, and take a minute to do this. Take a minute to do this and you can just run through each of the fingers, okay, and and just see how it feels when you stop, you pause, and you breathe with that connection. Again, we're automatically sealing the energy so it's not being taken away from us, and we're automatically strengthening what we put out. And again, you can correlate these with your toes as well. Of course, you know, every organ of our body Every functioning of our body runs through our hands and our feet. So by making these connections, be it with our hands or our toes, we're strengthening also the organs of our body. And that's what we really need to do with winter coming on. This is a great way to help keep your health going throughout the winter months. Okay? Because we can't always get out and be as active as we want. You know, some people live in sunnier, warmer areas, and they can do that. Other people live in winter areas, they get snowbound in, they don't have the ability to get out and do some of those things, or they start to feel 
depressed or things like that, if you're a person that feels depression during the winter, you want to connect your thumb with your ring finger. If you're feeling lonely, okay, there's two there's two fingers to work with. That's going to be your ring finger, and that's going to be your forefinger. And maybe also your pinky, too, because that's related to personal power as well. And you can see in just a matter of seconds, just a matter of seconds there, that you automatically establish that connection. And for those that are just jumping in to a conversation or show here, we're doing various things that deal with being aware of what we're taking for granted in our life, our appreciation factors, how to deal with different energetic shifts that happen to us uh, when we get stressed out, frustrated, irritated, dealing with the holiday season here. Um, and, and we're going through some different exercises, and we did a little meditation earlier. We're working with a little exercise with our hands, which can also uh, be done with the feet as well, um, using our fingers and our toes. And, uh, you know, this is a great, just simple thing. And nobody has to be any the wiser of what you're doing, <laughs> right? I mean, you could just leave your hands at your side and have that connection. And nobody's going to be paying any attention to that. You could do that with your hands flipped in your pocket, right? Uh, very, very simple. Just a matter of seconds, and it re-centers your energy for you, just like that. Okay? That's the power, that's the power of, of consciousness. That's the power of mindfulness. Because when we do that, we're automatically placing ourselves in a, in a space of mindfulness and consciousness. When we do that, we automatically elevate our energy out of the fear, the hate, the anger, and all these lower vibrations, and it automatically recenters us back into a place of love. So when we do that, then all those negative things fall away, right? So it's a very, very simple, very simple, but also very, very powerful thing. Now, you know, we have the new year coming up, and... You know, it might seem early to talk about it, but, you know, we're really only a month away from this. And a lot of people, as they head into winter and this time of year, they start getting very reflective. That's very natural for this time of year. That's part of what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be reviewing how did our year go? What did we like? What didn't we like? What do we want to change? Okay, it's not about a New Year's resolution so much as what are we going to commit ourselves to changing? in our life so that we can get to where we want to be in our life. Um, and a lot of people say, yeah, I've worked with that positive thinking stuff, and I've worked with love attraction, and I've worked with gratitude, and <laughs> grumble, 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 grumble. Well, you know, <laughs> they obviously didn't get the results they wanted because they would be grumbling about it in there, and that's their issue, right, <laughs> as we learned along the way. And there's an art to working with gratitude, okay? And and a lot of times where people get hung up is they're coming from a state of deprivation. I've talked about this on other shows. If we're coming from deprivation, we can't create, okay? Creation doesn't work from deprivation spaces or lower vibration spaces. And when we place things in the future, in the past, as if we don't have them, we need them, we want them, these sorts of things. And we have to be very careful about these phrases 
Because what it does is it puts us in a deprivation space. Okay? We are in a deprivation space. It doesn't arise because we're not operating on a magnetic frequency for loving great experiences. We're operating on a frequency that's drawing in more frustration and deprivation. Okay? So um, we a lot of people get tripped up in this because they place things in the future, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for next week's <laughs> thing in some way. You know, it's, it's, it's this future tense or this past tense thing. And so what we want to do is there's a couple of keys here. We want to phrase what we're grateful for as if we already have it in our lives, okay? And you do, but now you're asking to have it in a visible and active way in this realm, okay, in this realm. And and that's the key because most people feel like, well, if I had money in my life, I wouldn't be asking for money, would I? <laughs> right? And and that's a, that's a tough one for a lot of people. They're like, but I don't believe it. I don't believe that I have it. Well, what we're needing to believe is that we're abundant. When we believe that we're abundant, we now operate on a vibration that's at least at love or above. And when we're operating at that vibration, now we can start to bring the money in. We can't bring it in while we're tense and while we're aggravated and while we're saying, I don't have it, I don't have it. Well, I'll tell you what, we all have it because we all have the creator aspect in us. We all have the ability to manifest it. And yet what we are missing is being able to visibly see it. It's all around you. You're just not seeing it in your life, okay? So phrasing it as if we already have it is a big thing. And and now I have this, but now I want to see it. I want it to be visible and active in my life at this time now. Okay, now is really an important word for us to have on a lot of times when we're working with gratitude. And we need to be able to trust that it's done when we're asking for something. Don't wonder if it's going to be done. Know it's done, right? If you're asking the creative force for it, or you're asking your angels for it, or your guides for it, which they're all there to help you get it, right? You know, now there's a couple of other pieces behind, you know, when we're looking at the money piece, there's factors of how responsible are we being in our life, right? Because if you had a near-responsible child, you wouldn't keep giving them money, right? <laughs> if they were responsible with it. No, you would, they would have to come into responsibility. So there are some checkpoints like that that we have to consider. You know, how responsible are we being? What are we doing with what we're getting? Things like that um, with it. But if we ask the divine for it, we're going to get it. But the key in this is to ask for it to um, arise to us, you know, we don't question it. We don't question whether it's been done. Again, this comes back to the now factor. When we're stating things, we're going to state them now. Bring it to me now. Because if we don't add that on there, you know, allow this to be visible to me now, don't put that now on there, then it's like, oh, they might get to it next year or (laughs) or a couple years from now or 20 years from now. So we want to bring it into now because now is the only place that it can exist. 
I can't exist in the future or the past, only now, okay? And, and repetition, don't be afraid to ask for it over and over and over and over again. If we look at most spiritual systems, and they will work with chanting or they'll work with prayers, they'll say, you know, pray, pray without feet. They'll say, you know, repeat it with fervor, things like that. So you want to do that. And the other thing is, is it brings your focus to it to make a connection with what you're looking to see visible in your life, okay? Um, we have all these different realms and planes and veils and things like that in the universe. And so, again, it's there. We're just not seeing it. So what we really need to be asking is to see it visible and active in our life. And so repeat it. Repeat it until it shows up. You know, if you, if you say it a thousand times a day, and I have days that I go through through that where I just say, you know, show me the blessings. I'm grateful for the blessings that are happening in my life today. And I start my day off every day. It might sound a little corny like that, but I'll tell you what. You know what? I started my day off today because I'm making a commitment between now and the end of the year to start my day off with 100 gratitude, which means I'm finding 100 things to be grateful for at the beginning of my day. And when I set it in motion that way, I get more things to be grateful for. So an example of, of this working, I had to take my car in for maintenance, okay? When I called them on the phone at the dealership and they told me, okay, it's going to be $339.99 plus tax. <laughs> plus tax on that. And I'm like, whoa, okay, where am I going to come up with that? And I'm sitting there trying to go through my finances going, okay, maybe if I restructure this, restructure that. Nope, I'm not sure I'm still coming up with that money. And, you know, lo and behold, I got to the dealership. I asked one simple question about some Black Friday sales that I saw in an email that came to me. And I said, you know what, we don't have that going on, but you know what we'll do for you? We'll give you 15% off your bill. And then I was checking with them about this program that they have that I'm in at other dealerships. And they said to me, you know what, you have to sign up um, for that through each dealership that you take your car through. And I was like, oh, another thing to sign up for, right? (laughs) And they said, but you know what, if you sign up, we'll give you $40 off today. So by the time all was said and done, I walked out the door paying $250 as opposed to $350. That's how gratitude works in our lives. These miracles, these blessings show up. Guess what? I could afford $250. $350 was really going to make it a struggle for me. But I opened myself up to that. And, and how did I do it? I was grateful today. And when we get down to it, if you have to get down to saying, I'm grateful for my baby toe, I'm grateful for my big toe, I'm grateful for my second toe, my third toe, my fourth toe, okay, on my left foot. <laughs> there you go. There's 10 things right off the bat that you're grateful for. Now you can go to your fingers. Now you're up to 20 things, okay, and so on. All of these little things that we take for granted every day, even being grateful for those. It works. It absolutely works. So we trust when we ask for something in gratitude, 
It's done. It's a done deal. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Okay? Again, I mentioned the ask to see it now. And 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 choose it. You don't place yourself at the mercy of, I hope you're going to give this to me. Right? I hope I'm going to get this. I choose to make this visible and active in my life. Okay? That doesn't mean that every day, you know, somebody's going to give you $100 off of something necessarily. But, you know, it definitely means that you're going to set the pattern of operating at a higher vibration and that you're being proactive in your process. And that is going to set you up to receive the blessings and miracles. That is going to set you up to give you more things to be grateful for. So the more you're grateful, the more things you're grateful you'll receive to be grateful for. Now, the fourth thing I always like to add on when I'm working with the power of gratitude is to ask for it to be received or seen or made active in gentle ways. (laughs) Okay, I love that part, in gentle ways. Because how many of you have asked for something, but you got it, in a way that beat you up in the process, right? You needed that, you know, you needed that $300 with somebody. In fact, one of our other show hosts talked about this. You know, he would need some money, and lo and behold, somebody would come along and smash his car up, and he kept getting in car accidents. I've had other people like that, and they would get that money, but they had to go through the trouble of having their car fixed and doing without their car for a while and things like that. So when we ask for it in gentle ways, then we can receive it in ways that feel more like gifts and blessings and miracles. That's what it's doing for us. So let's take an example of this. Let's take a look at it and say, for example, I am grateful to have whatever it is, more money, love, joy, than I can use in my life, allowing me to share abundantly and I ask her to be visible to me now in gentle ways. This is the experience I now choose to have. This is powerful. A lot of times people ask for money, for example, and it's not wrong to ask for money as long as it's not out of grief. It's okay to ask for money to help you pay your bills, to help you keep a roof over your head. But... If you're not paying your bills and then you've received that money and you go out and you spend, you know, you, you buy a bottle of Dom Perignon to drink, for example, instead of paying your rent, well, that's going to bring you a different set of challenges along the way. But when we approach it in this way, you know, a lot of people when they're asking for money, for example, for, to cover their expenses, their needs in life, uh, they'll say, you know, they'll, they'll ask for enough. Give me enough. Give me enough. Well, you know what? When it comes down to it, we don't need anything. So enough is not very much. <laughs> and enough might be enough to cover the expenses, but it doesn't give you the leeway to take care of, say, the extra maintenance work. Or you tend not to hold on to money when you ask for that uh, in that way. Uh, people will say plenty. Sometimes they'll use the word plenty. Give me plenty of money. Give me plenty of love in my life. Well, you know, plenty is maybe a little bit better than enough, but 
it's still not going to be something that's cold in your life, that is overflowing. But when I ask for it in this term, okay, give me or, um, you know, I'm grateful to have more than I can use. Well, as a wise soul, what happens there is that I know that I'm going to take any excess that I have and I'm going to share it with other people. I'm going to help. I'm going to send it to, I don't know, Live and Let Let Farm Rescue or Kiari Association or whatever it is and help somebody else with it. Because I know I'm wise enough to do that as opposed to just going out and being totally greedy with it. doesn't mean I might not enjoy myself a little bit too or make my travels or my journeys maybe a little more comfortable than they are at the moment. But it means that, you know, maybe I get that $100 a night room as opposed to the $500 a night room. <laughs> okay? And there. Because I, I don't have to have the $500 a night room, and then I can take that 400 and give it to somebody else to, to use towards something worthwhile. So by asking for more than I can use, you know, some people would say, well, isn't that being greedy? It's not if you operate in a conscious and responsible manner. Because having more than you can use means that you have plenty to share with others, okay? And again, this is the experience I now choose to have. That means you're choosing it. You're co-creating it. You're not sitting around going, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get this. I wonder if my angels today will decide to do this for me. You know what? They're not going to do anything necessarily unless you ask them. Unless you ask them, yeah, they're going to try to protect you the best they can, but they can't override your decision and what you choose. So you need to choose it. You need to consciously choose it to be in your life. And, you know, when I do these things and I put these requests out, I like to do different things like sometimes maybe light a candle, just really focus my energy and breathe while I state this aspect, okay? And this is the art of gratitude. I'm being grateful for it before it gets to me, before it's visible to me. When I'm grateful before it happens, you know, think about it. Have you ever had anybody say, hey, you know, thank you for taking me to work tomorrow. I really appreciate that. They're thanking you before it happens. They're being appreciative before you've done the act. It puts you that much more in the giving space with them. It makes you want to do it again. It makes you want to do more than what they're asking for. Okay? So when we're grateful ahead of time, it not only, you know, it come in in a much more receptive, um, exciting way, but it also, you know, is, again, setting this motion, this energy in motion for it, okay? It is expressing trust and confidence. It's showing, I know you're going to do this. I trust you to do this, as opposed to calling me tomorrow morning five minutes before I have to be at work and saying you can't take me, <laughs> okay? You're placing trust that the situation is going to go through. You're having confidence in it. And when we have confidence in things, we are operating on a higher vibration. 
we become magnetic. We draw more positive things into us for that. So some really powerful things, okay? Um, all things that are in our lives, you know, we are either connecting with them or not connecting with them. We're either choosing to connect with them or not connecting with them. And, again, a lot of times they're there. We're just blind to their existence. All the abundance is there. We're just not connecting with it. Or they're there passively like a bystander, not being utilized. Now, how many of us have skills and things that we say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that, but we're not ever really getting to it. We're only keeping it in the thought. We're not moving it to action. Until we move it to action, it doesn't manifest. If we only keep it as a thought, it's not going to manifest for us. So that's an important piece. So we have to consciously choose to connect. And giving thanks to something before it happens is connecting with that energy. Very, very powerful. These sound like very simple, very basic things, but they're very, very powerful things. They're very powerful things. All we need to do is use them. We've got all the tools. The tools are simple. They're already in them. We just have to use them. That's all there is to it. The, 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 the screwdrivers, the hammers, the nails, they can sit on your shelf all they want. <laughs> but if you don't take them out and build something, nothing's going to be created. Simple as that. Okay. So moving on and being on this, this aspect of, you know, things to be grateful for <laughs> that are on their way, we have something that I've mentioned off and on along the way, which is the series of Pluto-Uranus squares that are going on. And this started back in 2012, and some people have heard this example before from me, but to give you an idea of this intensity, a lot of people will say, oh, my gosh, my life has been incredible. I feel like I've been beat up. I feel like everything's been taken away from me over the last few years. I feel like, you know, all of these things have happened that have been so negative, negative, negative. Well, you know, in reality, if we look at those aspects, these past few years have been some of the most transformative, powerful times of our life. Even when we felt like we're at our weakest, it has been transforming us into some of our greatest power. And the last time we had a series like this was back in the early 1930s, and there was only five of them instead of seven. And at that time, we were going through the Great Depression. Hitler was in his reign. Those were some pretty intense times, and they weren't even as intense as we have now. You know, it's ironic. I was talking to somebody earlier, and they were mentioning to me about how, you know, I, they were struggling with some things and how their parents would just roll over in their graves if they saw some of the debt they had right now. <laughs> and I thought, I know what you mean. And, you know, it's a two-way street. It brings us back to all these immediate gratification things that we focus on. That's the energy of grief, Okay. And, you know, there's a split thing that one thing 
our previous generations knew is we don't spend what we don't have. And so many of us are out there spending what we don't have, doing it on credit, doing it on these other things that puts us into deprivation, so on and so forth. But in addition to that, we're at points where our cost of living is so disproportionate to our earnings, which our previous generations didn't have, like my parents. You know, there was a proportion of what they were earning to what they were spending. They were able, you know, there was a, a balance in there that we don't seem to have these days because we've allowed things to just increase and increase and increase on the extent, which has happened because of settling for immediate gratification and things. Now, you know, a lot of people have started to feel very desperate. They've started to feel very depressed with the series of Pluto, Uranus squares. And basically what it is is when we have the square, the square creates tension. And it creates tension for us in order to make us more stable and solid in the earthly world. Now Uranus is the planet that comes up with the unexpected, out-of-the-blue stuff that there's no way we could be prepared for or we're thinking, okay, that's the one thing I don't have to worry about. And yet, that's what we have to worry about. Uh, Pluto is the deepest depth, the secret, the hidden world, and that's all being brought to the surface in these unexpected births. So we kind of know it exists. We haven't acknowledged it exists. It hasn't really been in our sight. But over the last few years, things have come out to our sight. You know, we look at how, for example, government or different business structures have been shown to be corrupt, how things are distorted along the way, how people shift and adjust things to the way that they want them to be uh, in order to control other people, things like that. Um, This particular set of squares has dealt a lot with control. It's also dealing a lot with our shift from the patriarchal um, influence to the matriarchal influence of things. Now, in this process, before we hit the 7th of the 7, which, by the way, hits in February of 2015, so we've come a long, long way, um, we have a peace portal that is opening on the winter solstice this year, which is a huge peace portal. It's got some connections to uh, one that opened back in early August that was related to Leo energy, but this is a much gentler, quieter peace portal opening. And this is when we're going to start getting our hope and our inspiration coming up into the world again. We're going to start to get our motivation back. We're going to get those little glimmers of where we feel exhausted in life. Something's going to show up to give us the inspiration and the motivation to keep going. It's going to remind us, yes, these are happening. These these blessings are on their way to you. Now, when we get to the seventh of the Pluto year in the squares, which happens again in February, okay, what's going to happen at that time is the tension part, the being hit out of the blue, the unexpected things are going to be finished, okay? So we're not going to get all those crazy, unexpected things coming at us like we have over the last few years. Um, And so we have a lot to be grateful for 
that we are finally finishing this sort of trial and error and uh, this sort of uh, period of initiation. That's what I would really call it. Is this has been a period of initiation to see how you're going to respond and will you respond instead of react. And that's something to reflect on. How much have you been responding and how much have you been reacting since uh, the end of 2012 when this series started? And a lot of people have said, you know, when are these people going to have to pay their justice? <laughs> okay. Well, we don't want to focus on, hey, I, I want to see these people pay their justice because as we know through karma, through the law of cause and effect, what's happening through this series of squares is time and the, the, the time between the cause and effect is shortening to where it's coming up to real time which means we're going to see the consequence almost immediate to the action, okay? We're seeing criminals caught quicker uh, from what they've been doing, for example. Uh, Somebody uh, does something very negative to somebody, and it seems like something's happening in their day that isn't so pleasant as well. So we're seeing the shortening of time in there. And so we have this huge relief coming up with us around uh, the middle of, of September, uh, middle of February. And what's great is this is going to correlate because it's going to take about another month or so after that for the energy to really settle down and to feel a little bit clearer. So when we come across the spring equinox, which is going to be late March, that's a period of new beginning. It's fresh start. It's uh, seeds that are starting to blossom and sprout from the ground. And so the seeds that we've been planting for the last three couple of years, two and a half years, whatever it's been, um, by the time we finish this, it'll be a good two and a half years period of time, are going to start flourishing. We have a lot to be grateful for. Now, also what's going to happen is we're going to go through a period of about five years where the consequences are going to start showing up. So the choices we've made. Now, there's a lot of people, for example, who have kicked their addictions during this period because their addictions became so prevalent that they finally decided to kick their addiction. There are people who have made that transition from being angry to being compassionate during this time. So all of these choices that we've been making over the two-and-a-half-year period that this has been going on is now coming around, and we'll have five years of seeing the consequences of that. So all those people that you think might have gotten away with things, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. It's going to show up in the next five years. That's going to be catching up to them. And all of those people that you think, wow, that person does so much good in the world, and they're so kind, and they're so generous, and I, I don't understand why they're not getting more. Well, guess what? They're going to be getting more. You're one of those people who have been operating in compassionate ways. You're one of those people that are coming from the heart. You have a lot to be grateful for. And start being thankful now. Start being grateful now. Say, you know what, I am so grateful that I have learned so much during this period. I am so grateful that finally this is coming to a completion and I'm going to get new beginnings that are filled with blessings. And I'm so grateful to know that peace 
is enveloping my life, that it is flowing in and abundant for me. Be grateful now for what's on its way in because it's incredible. And the more you do that between now and the spring equinox, the more you're going to have to be grateful for. Try it out. It's worth it. It definitely is worth it and worth taking a look at. You know, this is a powerful thing. Blessings are coming. They are on their way. So start today to be thankful for them. This is a powerful time of year. Don't let go of the energy. Don't let it slip by you. Because we have so much we can do with it. If you've missed any part of the show, I definitely encourage you to go back, check it out in the archives, catch the um, exercises that we did along the way as well, uh, because we covered a lot, a lot of information here. And again, don't forget to work with these things I've been talking about, especially between now and New Year, and work with being grateful for what's already on its way. Get your experiences. Be fully in what you're doing because it's going to create many, many more amazing experiences for you along the way than that. You know, next week, I'm leaving at a big mystery right now <laughs> because I am trying to decide between a couple of different topics to address right now next week. And I'm kind of taking it easy here in December without too many heavy guests. I do have guests to come on this year, but I'm also doing some lighter things as well this year. And, um, you know, because I know this is an intense time, so I'm trying to bring some more exercise things in, some more things in that will help you with the upcoming year. Uh, you know, again, I've got my books out. You can check those out as well as other things I'm doing uh, through my website, jessieannicholsgeorge1.com. Great gifts to have. Activating Compassion and its companion workbook there. They're available in ebooks. They're available uh, through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. You can go to your local bookstore, request that they order them for you. I also have some bookstores listed where you can pick them up in person. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just a great gift to give somebody. Also, the relationship books, they're wonderful. Maybe you know somebody who's looking for love, or maybe you know somebody who's struggling a little bit, or who wants to build their relationship. And uh, those relationship books will definitely help them. Those are You, Me, Life, Dreams, and that's Companion Workfest. Again, if you've got shops, stores, bookstores that are your favorite little indie stores, hey, shoot me an email or connect with me, jesse at jessieannicholsgeorge, the number one dot com, and let me know. And I'll contact that store and see if I can get it on my 2015 tour for you. I'm accepting stores that are in the United States and Canada right now. Again, I've got about 27 to 36 spaces available, and uh, out of those, uh, I've got at least five of those filled already. So definitely get your choices and your requests in, because I'd love to be in your area. And you know what? Even if I don't have something in your area, I'm still traveling a little bit for the end of the year here. Again, I'm going to be going through Arizona in the upcoming week. I'll be um, touching base with Southern Southern California around the San Diego Palm Springs area, um, and then I'll be in southern Utah at the very, very end of the year. Please shoot me a message and say, hey, are you passing through my area? Or I heard you say something about it. You're going through my area. 
um, you know, I'd love to get a private session with you or I'd love to bring you in and have you uh, at our holiday party and have you, you know, do some of your integrated development work or angel clearing work or things like that. I also have a brand new set of work that I'm getting released, getting ready to release. It will be, uh, I'll be running a December special on it. So you're going to have to watch for that. Uh, it'll be a two-for-one special on it. And it's involved in doing and working with the old runic symbols and crystal grid layouts and uh, working to help shift and adjust and balance energy uh, for people as, uh, as a distant thing. And that's going to be uh, $222. And again, that's uh, per, per one that is done. Uh, look for more information. That will be getting posted on my website over the next couple of days. Here again, uh, through the end of November, if you get in there and register in the next couple of days and attend, I have one more full uh, weekend event going on in southern Utah at Lion National Park. Uh, I will honor giving you a free one-hour coaching session. Or even if you say, hey, Jesse, do you happen to have some time here before the end of the year to come and run a full-day event in my area, you know, if it's on my way, I'll be happy to do it, and I'll still honor that one-hour coaching session for you. I just, uh, you know, want to remind you. So there's so many great things. I've got uh, videos and all kinds of things on the website. Go in and check it out. Don't forget here on Main Street Universe, we have several shows throughout the week. Sunday night, Darren Bucher, who's a reader at Mademoiselle in New Orleans, doing spiritual insights. Sunday night, there's Randy Goldberg doing Vedic Astrology. Tuesdays, Susan Wheat, who's sharing her work in Earth and Natural Health. Wednesdays is our flagship show with Daniel and Janice on Main Street Universe. Um, Thursdays and Saturdays, we have a rotational thing going on. So uh, we have Jim and Ashley Green are doing a show. They're with Woven Green, really wonderful music that they're doing. Um, so looking forward to, to what they're contributing here on the network. Uh, Janice is going to be doing her own show here on the network. Of course, Kevin Baird will be working with us at Horizon Oracle's Journey Set, which is a deck he created. You can learn more about that at templeofgaia.com. And then, you know, don't forget, of course, we've got Activating Compassion Radio right here on Fridays. And I know we're still bouncing the time around uh, a bit, but you can catch it. You can always catch it in the archives if you miss it. This is Jesse and Nicole George. Thank you so much for being with me here on Activating Compassion Radio. And again, thank you not only to our listeners on Blog Talk Radio, but those streaming live through Penn, also known as Parentomic Network, StreamFinder, TalkStream Live, and those catching our podcasts at iTunes and TuneIn.com, and those catching the YouTube version of our show. Hey, I look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into activating compassion. Don't forget that if you've enjoyed the show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archives. And I'm going to leave you with the song Yearning For, also known as Over and Over Again by Shem Shai. And you can check out more of their work, www.shemshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Activating Compassion Radio. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind and to touch what seems unreal. Just to show you the way that I feel And we are in time with time One with season of change inside And we are in